Hey friends, as your church shifts away from lockdowns and uncertainty over the last year and a bit, the questions that lie ahead have not changed. Now, more than ever, learning from each other is critically important. CDF Capital's XP Summit cohorts provide an exclusive year-long experience that brings together hand-selected global ministry leaders and your peers in an intimate, small group setting. As a member of a cohort, you will grow personally and professionally, engage in three in-person experiences with a world-class mentor to see his or her ministry firsthand, connect in monthly coaching sessions with a ministry professional who knows you and can speak directly into your ministry with accuracy and insight, enjoy conversations and community with your other XP cohorts uh, peers from across the country. Unseminary listeners will receive an additional $300 off if you pay the already discounted pay today price for a total of $800 in saving. That's amazing. Just go to cdf.capital forward slash uncohort. Listen, that's cdf.capital forward slash uncohort. We love our friends at CDF Capital. They help churches like yours grow. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You know, every week we uh, love to bring you a, a guest from a great church who will both hopefully inspire and equip you. And today is no exception to that. I'm super excited about uh, Pastor Tyler Althoff with us today. He is from Action Church uh, in Florida. This is a fantastic church that you need to be tracking along with. Founded in uh, 2014 by Pastor Justin Daly and his wife. Uh, there's part of the Ark, which we love. We love Ark churches. Uh, and you know they have two locations, I think, if I'm counting right, uh, and have a real passion to, to reach the greater Orlando area. Action Church has a really strong invite culture. And if you've been listening for a while, you know this is the kind of thing we want to expose you to, to help you understand uh, how, what that looks like kind of from the inside. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country for a number of years. Tyler, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Hey, Rich. Thanks so much for, uh, for having me. I'm excited and uh, hope, uh, hope we can help some people today. Oh, it'll be great. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about Action Church, kind of give us a bit of the, the profile, give us a bit of the flavor, that sort of thing, yeah. and then tell us about your role. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, you said it. Action Church launched January 2014 in a uh, high school auditorium in Winter Springs, Florida. And uh, man, just with great partnerships with places like the ARC, uh, Associated Related Churches, and some great pastors, uh, had a lot of great setup success and a lot of great support going into that. And so uh, we had a really great launch. And for the last seven years, uh, have just really seen a lot of success in our area. And Today we're actually four locations, uh, and oh, so I got my math wrong. Sorry, uh, no, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> and so uh, we were part of uh, pre-COVID. Now we we're part of uh, Outreach Magazine's fastest growing churches, and so we joke now uh, post-COVID. Who knows what that even means? Um, but <laughs> so true. Pre-COVID, I'm actually fascinated to see when they release it this fall, particularly to see hmm, yeah. what's that going to be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, all of that to say that um, man, God has just brought us some of the 
the best people on the planet. And it's just been an incredible, incredible um, ride so far. And um, and it's just, it's just really great. And our, our mission statement at Action Church is to reach people where they are and connect them to everything that God has for their life. And Pastor Justin, our, our lead pastor, is, is really focused on reaching people. He has an evangelistic gift. Uh, that, that's just kind of his, his bent. Um, and so I think that we reach a lot of people with community involvement. Um, we do local outreach, local partnerships, very, very involved in our, our community. I, I would venture to say that more people know us from our involvement in the community than they do just because we have a church with a couple of locations. Uh, and I think that our name, Action Church, puts a healthy sense of uh, accountability to be involved, uh, right? And so uh, we, we, like the, we like the healthy um, uh, pressure that puts on us. And so um, I just think because of our involvement in the community, we've been able to reach a lot of new people and a lot of unchurched people, which has been really, really good. And the, the second half of that mission statement is to connect uh, people to everything that God has for their life. And I think that connect part puts us in a healthy balance of not just reaching people, but also discipling people. And so, mm, so uh, we try our best uh, to, to have a place that's reaching people, but also pushing people to the deeper places um, of God, right? And so I think we're just trying to always create space where people can both learn and experience uh, the, the deeper things of God. And so we're just always having those uh, conversations. So examples would be things like, you know, teaching doctrine. How do we how do we equip new believers with uh, with, with better doctrinal foundations? Uh, we, we have things we call encounter nights, which is just nights of deeper worship. Uh, we, we have small group curriculum that, that's trying to be deeper than just, you know, the, the, the tennis court gathering on a Saturday morning. So just really trying to equip people to go deeper with God. So good. Well, there's so much we can we can pull apart uh, at Action Church. I you know, I love your name. Your branding's so good. Like I love the story of you know what kind of God's doing. But can you tell us a little bit about your role? Tell us you know how do you fit in the in the overall kind of mix of the leadership at uh, the yeah. church? Yeah, uh, I moved here to to help start the church. So uh, Pastor Justin and I are, are really close friends, which is a really special thing and, and part of what we're doing here um, is mm-hmm. something we both really tremendously love. But uh, my, my role, my title officially is associate pastor. Now that title's changed about 15 times since we've launched the church. So, <laughs> so as of today, as we're recording, uh, that is my title. And basically, um, basically what that means, uh, Rich, is I'm leading at a high level, but I'm not in charge. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, that's a really great, great place to be, but it also comes with some some interesting kind of tensions and some interesting dynamics there that I think today we'll, we'll have an opportunity to maybe talk about. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, let's let's dive in. A part of what we talked ahead of time was, you know, some of the these tensions of leading in this, whether it's an associate pastor seat or like executive pastor, that kind of like you say, leading on the the lead team at a senior level, but not ultimately in charge, not ultimately given the you know keys to the whole thing. That creates some interesting uh, tension for us as leaders. And then just you know, I'd be interested to explore just some of the how that tension is working itself out even in the church. So yeah, let's, let's, let's dive in. What are some of those tensions when you say that? Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, for me, I don't have a ministry quote unquote background, right? I, I was a, uh, uh, I was a high school English teacher. That's where I learned ministry. Mm. Uh, right. So mm. I don't have, you know, I, I think I joked with you earlier, like unseminary is, is all about the things that you didn't learn in seminary. Well, I didn't learn anything cause I didn't go to seminary. Right? So, <laughs> That's so true. Uh, I don't know if that makes me a great guest or, or somebody that no, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I, I just always think personally, um, man, Acts four thirteen, where it's Peter and John in front of the religious leaders and the religious leaders are listening to them talk. And, 
it says that they were amazed because they just they just knew that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Um, and, and that verse gives me a lot of security. And I think that's where I'd like to start with today. It's like, mm. I think we have to have a deep sense of security to do what we do, right? What we do is way too important. And quite honestly, it's impossible if, if there's not security there. And so uh, for, for me, that, that verse, uh, one thing I know is that I've been with Jesus and I do my best to try to stay with Jesus. And my prayer is that that would amaze people because we're pointing people to Jesus, right? And so that that's just kind of what I, I try to keep a sense of security, that Jesus is the one that's equipping me for this role because mm-hmm. uh, if it were me equipping me, I'd be a English teacher at some high school in Florida somewhere, right? And yes. so um, with that, there's some tensions that I think really we're talking about, Rich, the, the battle of security versus insecurity, I, I think. And, mm. and a lot of this is from my own personal experience. I had to learn these lessons the hard way. And so I hope that I hope that maybe today uh, somebody can take some notes and learn these lessons without having to experiencing them. But I think the first tension I'd like to specifically identify is we have a tension to protect and shield our leader, but not hide from him, not hide information from him. And so I think that that hiding is a sin. We see that with Adam and Eve, right? So hiding things is is a sin, but protecting and shielding, uh, well, that's pure and that's right. And so I think there's always going to be a tension with that line. Um, and you think yeah. if you're married with your spouse, right? There's things that you want to protect and shield them from, but you never hide things from them, right? And yeah. so I think you learn that line the longer that you're in the seat and the more you kind of do your role. But what I've learned is insecurity will will try and convince you uh, that you need to hide information, you need to hide problems, and just not tell your leader all the details. Uh, and, and the lie tells you, the insecurity tells you that if you tell them everything, they're going to think that you're a failure. They're going to think that you're not doing your job. And uh, I think that that's what sin and insecurity always does, right? It, it's always trying to, it's a form of self-preservation. And so I, I think that if I listen, what I've learned is if I listen to that insecurity, uh, what happens is is I, I, I'm giving my, my leader filtered information. And mm. so what, what happens is, is that he can develop a warped view of the organization because he only knows the information I give him. Yes. And so what happens is, is he begins operating off of this warped view of the organization and he's making decisions and those decisions are public. Those decisions are in front of people. And so what happens is that insecurity, if I'm hiding things from him, I'm, I'm, I'm actually exposing him, right? Because he's right. losing credibility or he's making wrong decisions in front of people. And I'm not doing my job because I'm, I'm hiding information from him versus mm. trying my best to protect and shield him with, uh, with the things that I need to bring to him. So that's a, I love this. This is a, first of all, I think anybody that's been in the seat, you know, this tension, this is like, you have, you've put your finger on something, Tyler, that, that <laughs> so many of us carry for sure. Yeah. Um, can you give us, uh, how does that kind of work itself out in, in your relationship? What does that kind of look like? How are there principles that you found? Um, you know, we don't need to get into a specific example, obviously by definition of what we're talking about, but give an example of, of how you find that line and what it might look like to both expose, give the information while at the same time, you know, protecting and shielding that relationship and that individual. Yeah. I, I think honestly, Rich, it's, it's out of relationship. Um, mm. I, like, again, I, I just kind of view it like a, like a healthy marriage. Um, yep. you, you just learn your spouse and you learn the yep. things that add super intense levels of stress to them. And you learn the things that they need to be included in on to feel like, okay, yeah, you, you got, you got a handle on this. And so right. for me, it's just been a lot of questions and a lot of, Hey, this situation is happening. And it's been a lot of 
uh, Pastor Justin telling me, you know, I don't really need to know that, but I'm glad that you got a, a finger on that. And just not, yep. not being, a, I guess if it was a principle, just not being afraid to, to ask. Uh, and yep. so I don't assume that you're, you already know exactly and everything you're supposed to know to do your role hundred percent. Well, like just ask some questions. Yeah, that's good. I love that. I know in, uh, you know, sometimes there's like the, in those conversations, I find it's helpful to have like the defining the conversation that we're having, like, Hey, I'd like to tell you some things. I don't need you to act on this stuff, but I just want you to be aware of these kind of things. It's almost like, it's not just the information, but it's also trying to provide some context. And obviously at the end of the day, um, you know, the lead, lead pastor can do whatever they want. They're, you know, they're leading and then, so they might want to take action on them, even if you're not wanting to. So even providing some, uh, you know, some helpful kind of metadata about the, the, right. the information I'm passing along, you know, can be helpful. That's great. Well, what's another tension that, that you have found, uh, that's bubbled up in your, in yeah. your relationship and role? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I'd say it this way, help, help develop solutions, uh, but, but don't solve all the problems. Um, mm. so I, I think that, Oh, I think so there's good. some. I think there's a couple of ways to go with it, but the first one I'll, I'll, I'll hit on is I think that some solutions and decisions only the senior leader can can decide, right? And so I think there's always a, a tension um, with what problems and solutions do they need to decide, and what problems and solutions does the organization or or me help need to lead to to decide, right? And so mm. I think that there's obvious small problems like, you know, where to lay out the new office furniture or, you know, second service Steve's message feedback that he doesn't, he doesn't need to hear. Um, and we can make those decisions on our own, but I think that there's big problems like, like hiring and firing employees or budget issues that, that do need to be presented. And so what we kind of talk organizationally here at, at Action Church about is, is here's the filter. We have a filter. So I hope this is real practical for people. We have a filter. Mm -hmm. Here's the problems that we bring to Pastor Justin, our leadership team has this filter. We, we always bring new things to Pastor Justin. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's anything that needs vision spoken to, right? Like we want to start a new discipleship track or right. we, we need his vision steering and, and planning that. And so if we're not careful, if we don't have his vision, we can do new things that don't fit his vision or fit his expectations. So new things is the first one. The second one is broken things. So anything that's that's broken, there's a service time not working for us. There's mm. an employee who's not hitting the, the mark and measurables that we need on them. Uh, there's a community or partner membership, uh, community partnership that's not functioning or working that we just need to kind of cut ties with. All of those things are broken things that he needs to speak to because he needs to be aware of, of that stuff. Right. And before we decide that it's something that we need to, to break in and, and not fix or how to best mm. fix it, he needs to be the one speaking to it. The last thing is what we call expansion things. And so that would be like media opportunities, um, articles, things like this, a podcast. Those would be things that go to Pastor Justin first. And he's the one that's speaking. So, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll do that because he's the best driver of our vision and driver of our organization. And so um, th those are the three things that we bring to him in terms of problems. Yeah, I love that. And uh, one of the things I had a, a leader challenge me, a coach challenge me on, this is uh, this same principle, but flipped the other way as our team members come to us and, you know, they're looking, you know, for, you know, issues or whatever. There's an interesting tension there where, um, 
you know, this, this coach of mine said, frankly, you're, you're answering too many questions. You need to ask more questions. Um, and it's, it's the reverse issue. It's like with our people, um, if we're constantly putting out their fires, they'll never learn and grow. We've got to be people that are, that are engaging at a, at a question level. I love that help develop solutions, uh, you know, but don't, but don't solve all the problems. I love that. That's, that's really good. Uh, what about a third area? Is there another area that you're, um, you know, kind of thinking about in this, this whole issue of te- tensions? Yeah, I, I think, I think this one's probably the, the, the most challenging, which is to be personally involved, uh, but not mm-hmm. take things personal. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, biblically speaking, Paul, Paul tells Timothy to throw himself completely into his work. I mean, what we do as, as pastors, what we do in ministry and heaven and hell are in the balance. And so our, our entire lives are, are into what we're doing. Uh, and, and because of that, uh, I mean, we, we can we can put so much emotion and so much of our lives into our work that that feedback, um, man, that that can feel personal. Uh, that can feel like somebody is is uh, right questioning um, or, or or attacking our our very life. And so for for me, someone that helped start Action Church, I mean, it's almost like a child of mine. And so there's mm. so much so much experience and history with it. And so. Um, we got to find that sense of security so that we can we can handle that. And so I, I think the way that I would explain it from from my seat is, man, my my leader is extremely driven, and he has extremely high uh, expectations, which is what I love about him, uh, right? And in his personality, though, uh, it, it creates a situation that we affectionately call high expectation, low explanation. And so there's a high expectation to, to meet a mark of excellence or meet a mark of, of, of growth or meet a mark of doing things um, really, really well, but not a lot of details are, are given to the organization. And so I just got to know, and I've learned to know that there's going to be times and days where uh, he lets me know where we didn't meet the expectation. And maybe that, that, that line or that mark's never been expressed or talked about. And I got to be okay with with taking that and uh, receiving that, so that the organization can get better. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not attacking me personally. It's not attacking me uh, or, or my work personally. It's just him expressing, "Hey, this is this is where we're at." And so, um, I, I think that I think with that, I've learned that I'd rather him unload that expectation on me than other staff members or other or other people at the church. And so, um, I, I think that there's a it's a way that I can support and protect him. Going back to our first point, it's the way I can shield him um, is by receiving that and not taking it personal. Yeah, I love that. And that's, um, again, I feel like this is just so prescient for people that are listening in. Um, You know, that that role, again, I found myself in multiple times where our job is to kind of take the uh, the the constructive feedback, uh, in a way that is, uh, you know, you got to kind of pick through it and pick through all the energy and say, okay, here are the four things that we just talked about that we've got to then turn around and actually action on. Now, how do you, um, in that case, kind of manage that down through the system without saying, you know, pastors complaining about this, you know, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, still trying to honor and still trying to say like, Hey, this is an issue we've got to, uh, we've got to deal with. Um, and this is an important thing. I've just seen so many leaders mess yeah. that one up where it's like, no, this sure. is an important thing for us, but what we don't want to do is back the bus over our senior leader, yeah. uh, while we're solving the problem. Help me think through that. What's that look like? Well, early, early on it was, Hey, pastor Justin wants, you know, the chairs set up better or different or pastor Justin wants fill in the blank. And, 
uh, I, I learned very quickly that that I can't write checks that my influence can't cash. And so right. um, I, I needed to know that, hey, this is this is culture. This is what we do. So, hey, we I got to express the why. We set the chairs up better because guests are coming and they need to think and know that we were thinking about them before they showed up in the same way you're vacuuming your carpets before you have guests over to your home. And so it's just a lot of getting that the why down into the organization. That's where we're missing the mark. And like I said, for, for us, this is a little bit of uh, Pastor Justice's personality for us that that expectation sometimes isn't always communicated until we realize we missed it. And so um, we, we got to make sure that I got to make sure that I'm doing my job communicating that why and that expectation in that line. Right. Yeah, I love that. That's again super practical advice. I've seen, you know, many folks unfortunately stumble in that one, particularly in the in the early days of of you know how we engage with our teams. So there are for sure going to be people that are listening in that are in this second seat or in this executive or associate role who have not been friends with their lead pastor prior to it, this engagement. What advice would you give to a person in that seat to develop that relationship to kind of help? Um, you know, continue to to nurture that relationship uh, while they're in that. Again, you come from a unique situation where you know you have this kind of personal relationship outside of this role. What what advice would you give to someone who's thinking the, through those issues? Yeah, uh, man, I I know that I've got such a special uh, piece to that, and it'd be very easy for for people to listen to this and say, "Oh, well, I want a vacation with with my lead pastor," and it'd be very sure. like so. So step one is to not look over your shoulder at I. That's that's the model. That's what I need. This is this is kind of a, a special thing. But right. I I think that anybody that's in a second chair is deeply trusted and, and you're liked. Right. I mean, any senior leader is not going to put somebody that they don't like in that seat and extend that kind of responsibility and trust. And so mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of um, there's just got to be a lot of times to just kind of make sure that you're, you're clarifying what needs to be done and how it needs to be done and just not be afraid to, to ask and say, Hey, am I doing it right? Is this okay? Like I, I want to lift the weight off of you, but I don't want to assume that I'm lifting it the right way. And so early on for me, there was a lot of clarifying questions and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. can I just grab coffee? Can I come to your office? Even if it's 15 minutes, I'm going to come in prepared with my, my three questions and boom, boom, boom. And, got it. I'm, I'm good for a month. And now I'm, I'm just going to try to check in. And so I, I just tried to, I tried to get as much time of his time as he would be willing to give me. And I wasn't afraid uh, to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Love that. So again, a bit of a, this was a, maybe a bit of a curveball. Hopefully our relationship can sustain it. So it's going <laughs> the other way. So how do you manage the, oh, those guys are just buddies, uh, dynamic uh-huh. internally, right? Like the, with yeah. other staff or with other leaders, again, maybe that's not an issue, but I could picture yeah. how that might be a, a bit of a yeah. problem. Like, Hey, it's like the, you know, the fricking frack, the, you know, whatever they are that, you know, I was going <laughs> to yeah, say yeah. Tweedledum and Tweedledumber, but I did, I didn't want to yeah, say yeah. that we're, t- we're not close enough friends for me to make that yeah. joke. But how, how do you manage that? You get what I'm saying. How that kind of yeah, relationship. I think it's a great question. And, you know, I, it'd be very easy for to, to turn into like the, the, the frat house, right. Where it's yes, like yes. just two guys going back and forth. And I, I think when I, when I step onto to action church property, whether it's the office, whether it's a Sunday service, wherever I am in a room publicly with pastor Justin, he, he's my pastor. Like my life is submitted to him spiritually. Right. I mean, I, I, I moved here because he's a great friend, but I moved here because I deeply respect him as a leader and respect the spiritual authority God has given him. And there's a mantle on that, that I've submitted my life to. And so 
I'm always honoring, uh, not not above and uh, over the line, but I'm always honoring to him, and I'm always deeply conscious of the fact that there are people looking at me and the way that I'm responding to Pastor Justin, and I'm going to create culture that that honors him. Even the way that we're talking, I call him Pastor Justin in interviews like this, and yeah, he's my friend, and I'm not calling him that when we're hanging out cooking burgers on the back porch, but. I'm calling him that in public places because he he is, he's my pastor and I need people to know that. Mm-hmm. Love that. And again, I think friends, which you're listening in, um, I, I think this is an area that so many of us in this seat need to just pay real close attention to that. I really do think a part of the gift we give to our senior leaders is to uh, help create a not a sycophant culture, not a like, oh, the lead person can do no wrong. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about creating a culture of honor that respects that person. I found myself multiple times in conversations reinforcing, hey, you know, our our lead pastor, they're the person that's the lead pastor. You know, God is has chosen them to lead. We believe that in this season. And, you know, they're the only person that has to get up and speak or whatever that looks like, continuing to reinforce with folks. Um, that hey, this is that's a, uh, that's an important person in in our lives. You know, I think sometimes it can be particularly as the church grows and as there's a distance between the lead pastor and the rest of the staff team. There can be some staff, and they would never say this because they're too smart. To, they would never say this out loud. But there can become this like I'm not really sure what that person even does. Like they they are like they just show up on Sunday and they do their message and then they're gone for the rest of the week. And a part of our job is to is to reinforce again. Hey, that doesn't just magically happen. Uh, there's a lot of time, effort, and energy, and there's a lot of other responsibilities that that person uh, takes on that are not seen by everyone else. And that's a good thing. We want them leading. Uh, on our behalf. I, I love that. I think that's a great encouragement uh, for folks that are listening in. Um, anything else you'd love to share uh, just about this role? I, this has been super helpful. Yeah. I've been taking notes. Uh, this is so good. Uh, anything else you'd love to share about this kind of relationship? Yeah, I think that um, early on, uh, I heard so many people tell me, you know, that that friendship, that relationship, it's going to change. You, you know, you're going to go work for him now and it's going to be different and it's not going to look the same. And it really just kind of messed with me. And I sat down with a really close friend who's a, a pastor um, out in Texas. And he told me, he said, Tyler, if that, if that friendship is important to you, then, then fight for it. Mm. And uh, it was just so simple, but so like profound. And that's been something that I've really taken to heart. And quite honestly, Rich, I've had to fight for it. I, I really have. Mm. I, I've had to mm. at times fight to say, man, we're, 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 we're friends before we're anything else. And that's got to be something that just like a, again, a marriage, you got to fight for, for that spouse. Mm-hmm. When you start having kids, it starts to get complicated. And as we mm-hmm. grow, as we've grown, it gets more complicated. It doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means it's going to take more work and more intentionality. And that's kind of been something that if there are people in my seats that are friends and close friends, if it's an important relationship, then, then fight for it. I think that's a, that's a really helpful thing that I've taken to heart very, very often. Love it. Taylor, this has been so helpful. Thank you for for leaning in and, and helping us today. I think you've provided a great framework, great coaching. Uh, friends, you just got like a, a masterclass in this sitting in this chair. And so uh, I'm sure there's people that are pulling over on the side of the road trying to write down notes. So I really appreciate uh, this. If people want to follow along with the church, connect with you, connect with the church, where do we want to send them online? How do we want to get them to connect with you? I'd encourage people to do that. Yeah. I mean, our website is theactionchurch.com. We're on social media. Instagram is probably the, the best place to follow us at Action Church. Um, and so th- those places will probably be the best to, to kind of stay uh, up to speed with what we're doing. 
Great. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate being on the show today. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.